Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, your word is blessed. We ask you to bless it to our hearts. We ask you to bless us to hear and receive it into good ground hearts. But we thank you that your word is blessed. Hallelujah. It's already pregnant with your power and purpose today. And all it needs is a place to germinate and grow. Let it be in our hearts. Let it be in our lives, we pray. And those of you that listen by, by our, our web ministry, we thank you for joining us today. We invite you right into our live church service. And we pray that God will speak directly and distinctly to us today through his word and that you will not leave this encounter with his word and with the Holy Spirit and with the Father and the Son (laughs) that you won't leave like you came in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we play this often here and it's Psalm 3. Uh, and it is the psalm in song, and it is a song that talks about going through trials and tests and trusting God through them and God bringing us through them. So uh, Jeremiah Yoakum usually sings that for us, and he's a Kentucky fella, and I'm a Kentucky fella, so I, I relate to where he's from, and I relate to the psalmist David in Psalm 3. And we want to talk about that just a little while. I want to read it before we get into it today. Psalm 3, verse 1 through 8. Uh, and this is, this is a psalm of David while fleeing from Absalom and an army of his countrymen. That's important. Context is important for this text and the context of the, all of the verses, really. David has some real problems. David is a giant killing man of faith. David is known for his faith. David is known for looking at that Philistine giant and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? Amen. David is known from not running from Goliath, but running at him which must have took Goliath back when he had already said, I asked for a man, you send me a boy, but if that's your champion, and the deal is if, if, if your champion beats ours, we serve you, and if our champion beats yours, you serve us. There was a lot on the line, and for Saul to trust this shepherd boy, he didn't trust him completely because he tried to put his armor on him. But David and Saul's armor, Saul, Saul was a tall, evidently a tall, presidential, you know, looking guy. And David was a shepherd boy. And Saul said, if you're going to fight for Israel and for God, you put on my armor. And he put it on. And that was a trick of the devil. Because you either got on God's armor or you're trying to put on the armor of man's ingenuity, man's ability, man's intelligence. And if you're going to fight a supernatural battle and win it, you better get on supernatural armor. That's why the Bible said in Hebrews chapter or, or in Ephesians 6 and verse 10, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, he was going out to fight a flesh and blood giant, but... Many Bible scholars believe that there was more than size going on here. 
He had never been defeated, not just because he was bigger than any soldier. Listen, an archer that can fire an arrow accurately and put it through his head, it doesn't matter how big his body is. The thing is, there was more going on here. And there's more going on in your life than the people you have problems with. There's more going on in your family than your family members. You may have some nuts in your tree, family tree. If you shake my family tree, some nuts would fall out. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something about your family, those that you can't just run away completely and isolate yourself from unless you go to the moon. Amen? The devil uses people, and he uses them effectively. And Jesus warned us, didn't he? He said, he, said, your, he said, father and mother, because of me and because of the faith, fathers and mothers are going to have these deep divisions and disagreements. Mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, it's going to get into the family. It will get into the family. Your children, amen. Your boss where you work, people you work with. The devil moves people. The Bible said he stirred up people to come against Paul. Amen. And they came against him. And so there's spiritual stuff going on. You've got you to make sure you have spiritual armor. You can't fight this in the flesh. It's, we argue not. He uses flesh and blood. He in, inspires them. to. And, and some people are going to hate you for no other reason. But the devil knows that you have the message that can change a person's eternal destiny. And there will be people come against you and it will rend your heart. It will break your heart. There are people that can literally break your heart. And the devil knows it. And he uses those people. And the breastplate is important because it's it's covering a very vulnerable part of you and that's your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. David did not run from a physical giant, but David was running from this army of his fellow countrymen who wanted to kill him and help his son take his kingdom. David's son, Absalom, wanted his daddy dead. It wasn't some Philistine enemy of Israel. It wasn't some, uh, you know, uh, some political person trying to get power. It was his own flesh and blood and his own countrymen. And David faced a giant that was more dangerous than Goliath. Because when the Spirit of God came on David, he ran toward Goliath. But when he was hurting and brokenhearted inside, he ran from Absalom. He ran from this army. He ran, had to leave the temple that he loved to go up to and worship. He had to leave everything in his kingdom behind and go hide in the desert because they were intent on hunting him down and killing him. And that's when he wrote this psalm. The enemy without gave David no trouble. He dispatched the giant under God's anointing without any problem. But he faced another enemy. 
And it's an enemy within. You get discouraged. You get broken hearted. Listen to me. That's his target. You get disappointed enough in people. If you get disappointed in your prayer life, you know what disappointment's going to lead to if you don't develop the kind of patience that don't just allow you to wait but persevere? You know what's going to happen? You, you get disappointed, you're going to get discouraged. And when you get discouraged, you're not going to persevere. Why bother praying? Why bother seeking? Asaph got into that situation himself. He's another writer of the Psalms. And, and Asaph said, I was, I was so discouraged I couldn't speak. Literally, Bible scholars tell us it meant I couldn't pray. I couldn't pray. And he said, the history we have, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you what Asaph said in my own words. The history we have with God and all of the victories and deliverances he's brought makes it worse for me. Because I'm not living in that. I'm not seeing that. I'm not experiencing that. I'm praying and nothing seems to be happening. Amen? I'm disappointed. And disappointment is going to bring discouragement. And discouragement is going to stop you from knocking and stop you from seeking. And you just want to throw in the towel and give up on God and give up on people and give up. I, I got so discouraged praying for my son and watching him go the other way down through the years. But when he came to himself like the prodigal son. And he said, I'm going back to my father's house. And he didn't move in with me neither. Amen. He did live next door. But he, listen, I was so happy when my grandson told me I could hear my daddy praying in the, in the bedroom. Amen. He'd go in and shut the door and pray loud enough that his son could hear him praying in there. If you're praying for a loved one, how long is it going to take? How long is it going to take? It's going to take as long as it takes. <laughs> Amen. It's going to take a while. And that's why the Bible said in Hebrews 10, beginning around verse 32, that, that, that whatever you're going through, your brethren have been through. These pressures, these problems, these persecutions is part of the Christian experience. You don't just ride a wave on a Holy Ghost surfboard. Amen. You have to swim. You have to tread water sometimes. Amen. But when you go through the waters, they won't overflow you. You're not going to drown. Why? Because I'm with you. You can't get away from my spirit. Amen. You can't go where I'm not. Ask the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was a fourth man in the fire. And he was shining brighter than the flames of that fire. Can you say amen? Because the king said, there's another man. I see a man in the flames. Amen. And he looks like the son of God. How did he know what the Son of God looked like? Amen. He didn't, but this man was glowing. This man was shining. This man, most scholars believe, was a manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament before he became a child and came to this earth to go to the cross. Amen. His steps did not begin at Bethlehem, and they did not end at Calvary. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you ready to read this psalm together? Yes. The target of the enemy is your heart. Yes. 
It's your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Dog the bounty hunter lost his wife. You remember Dog the bounty hunter? You have never seen that? He, he's got muscles where I don't have places. Amen. Four muscles. I could work in a gym all day long. Couldn't build what he's got genetically. Big, macho man of a guy. But his heart was broken when he lost his wife. And the stress and the grief of that loss is eating on this big, strong, macho man. And he was hospitalized this week. And I, probably a heart problem. And you know what he called it? The doctors would not diagnose that. But I think they would acknowledge what he diagnosed himself. He said, I have a broken heart. That's what put me in the hospital. My heart is broken. The grief is putting that kind of pressure on the internal organs of my very body. And David was grieved as he ran into the wilderness. Now, if you want a hyper faith message that said, oh, he shouldn't have run and he should have run at him like he did the giant. He should have killed his son and grabbed a jawbone like like uh, Samson and killed that army and, and stood up on a mountain and beat his chest like King Kong's brother-in-law. Amen. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. You get a broken heart, King Kong's going to cry like a baby. Amen. You get a heart broken as a Christian, you get discouraged and you feel in despair, you're going to need God to lift you up. That's why David said he didn't just lift me, amen, from some little thing. He delivered me from the horrible pit. People, a pastor committed suicide last week. Young man with children and, and, and just youth and athletic and pastor, co-pastor of a mega church took his own life because he got so discouraged and so depressed and he couldn't find in God. And he said, loving God won't cure depression. Loving God and loving him won't. I agree with him. It's not about loving him. It's about trusting him. There's a difference in loving him and trusting him. They that trust the Lord. How do you, how do you express that trust? I'm glad that you ask. Amen. In all things, with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God with thanksgiving. Don't wait till you feel different. Don't wait till you see a change. Don't wait until you feel that peace come. Don't wait for the peace. Amen. Thank Him. Thank Him. Start thanking Him. When I got the bad news about your husband for the fourth time going back into whatever I felt pulled into that place where you didn't want to be and I didn't want to be because who's going to pull us out if we you know only God can pull us out and I started to pray again with more I guess anxiety about the situation concern and the Lord said Thank me for his healing. Don't ask me as if I haven't heard. Thank me. And this morning, I woke up 
before the clock went off. And I thank God for healing Charles. I've been doing that ever since. I told him that's how I've been praying when I called him on the phone. I said, Charles, I, God told me to just keep thanking him for your healing. Just keep thanking him for your healing. Evidently, he's not done with you. I know you're probably done with all of this. Wish you could just go on. But he's not done. Why and what? I don't know the why. I don't know the what, but I know if God, he even told me, he said, well, I guess if God wanted me home, I've been so close to being gone, he could have took me. I said, that's exactly right. If he wanted you home, he could have took you in all these instances, but there's a purpose somewhere and somehow. And if we don't lose heart, keep your heart with all diligence. Keep it from what? From the despair, from the discouragement. It's, listen, you're not the first person to get so down. You can't hardly look up. Asaph was there. Amen. David was there. David said, how long? Come on. Can you relate to him? How long, oh Lord? <laughs> how long are you not going to do something about this situation? How long is it going to take? So the Bible said, but you have need of patience and it's perseverance it is not take a number it is not sit down it is go forward it is go forward it's going against the grain against the tide and against the wind but continuing to go on hallelujah running with patience perseverance the race that is set before you it's a battlefield brother not a recreation room it's a fight and not a game so run if you want to run if you will but i came here to stay you're going to be discouraged it's what you do about it hallelujah loving god won't change your discouragement trusting god will they that trust in the lord shall be as mount zion which cannot be removed hallelujah you, you, you'll come out of that thing singing, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. Why? Because God is sustaining you. God has established you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He didn't just lift you out of the miry clay. He don't just lift David out of that place. But he puts his feet on a rock. He says, I'm not leaving you on a slippery slope so that you keep slipping right back in again and again. Amen. No, you're not a victim of circumstances. You're a victor because of my promise and my presence in your life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. They that trust the Lord shall what be as Mount Zion and they that wait upon the Lord which is a form of trusting God with perseverance will mount up will mount up will mount up with wings as an eagle and run and not be even young men even young men in the in without the supernatural help and peace that God gives even young men will falter even young men will faint but they that wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings as an eagle run and not be weary and walk and not faint when i called you we discussed an issue it wasn't that big an issue but I was at the breaking point. When you get to, have you ever heard the, the adage, the straw 
the camel's back. Well, it ain't just the camel. Amen. It's all of us. How could a straw break a camel's back? Because when you get to the breaking point, it don't take the big thing to knock you down and try to knock you out. Can you say amen? It can be a little other people outside say, why is he? Why, why, why don't you just, you know, rise up and take? Because it layers in over time. We don't realize that we're carrying such a burden until the straw is put on top of the rest of it. Can you say, man, it layers in. Everybody say stress layers in. And it builds over time. Amen. I wanted God to just, you know, just when I prayed because I was going through near nervous exhaustion at one point, and I was getting back toward that point. And I said, I can't go back into that. I can't let this happen. Uh, first thing I want to do is forgive. Second thing is forget. Praise God. Because you, if you had, oh, have you ever heard this one? I know you have. I can forgive, but I'll never forget. Well, you haven't forgiven like God forgives until you forget. Can you say man? When you do not associate that person or that circumstance that caused you such grief anymore, you have truly forgiven. Until you can do that, you have not truly forgiven. You're going to need supernatural help to forgive. Because your flesh will justify not forgiving. Brother Vimba, you don't know what they did to me. Well, I know what God did for you. And the day that you quit focusing on what was done to you and what he's done for you, it's going to take away that pain that the devil's created through someone in your heart. Can you say amen? You say, Brother Venerable, I've, I've been so hurt. I understand that. I get that. David gets that. Asaph got that. But they that trust in the Lord. I'm not, I, I don't know this man's heart. I know he stood in a pulpit. I know he read this book. I know he, I believe he loved Jesus. I don't doubt that. Can Christians get overwhelmed to that degree? Listen to Paul as we get ready to close. And, but I've got to read this. Listen to Paul. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble. Hyperfaith preachers won't read this. They won't read it to you. They won't read it for themselves because they believe you can build your faith to a point you will never be in this situation. In fact, it's this situation that lays the foundation for strong faith. I want you to listen to it. I used to have a radio broadcast called Foundations for Faith. W-S-O-L. Half a day Spanish. Half a day me and some other preachers. Praise God. Hallelujah. On Kennedy Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. God was so good. Foundation. There's the foundation for your faith is coming to an end of yourself. Thank you for the hearty amen. It's when you come to an end of yourself that you really let God lay the foundation for true faith to grow in your life. And I don't know about you, but I can get there in a hurry. I've been there. I go back there from time to time to check the foundation, make sure that, that the anchor holds. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. There would be people say you didn't have to. No, no, I, I failed, not God. I didn't trust him with all. Amen. I loved him with all my heart, but I didn't give it to him. I tried to handle it and I found out I couldn't handle it and it broke me, but it also woke me. Amen. See, the devil is not counting on you waking up and learning how to trust God and becoming one of those people. Listen, thou shalt be called the planting of the Lord, the trees of righteousness. That's where God wants to bring us. He wants to, he wants us to be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Thou shalt be called that. Why? Because God not only brings us through, He establishes us. And, oh, can I give you this about the foundation for faith? After, New Testament says, after you have suffered for a while. How long, Brother Venable? (laughs) As long as it takes. Takes for what? For you to come to I don't mean when you think you've come to an end. I'm talking about when you are there and you know that you are there. After you have suffered for a while, he will establish, strengthen, and settle you. But not until. You're not established in the faith till you absolutely come to the place that you say... (laughs) It's Jesus. I was, I was talking to a pastor, and he said, How long have you pastored? And he said it in his pastor voice. How long have you pastored? You know, and God becomes God. Becomes God. And, and, you know, he was very pastoral, but he was inquisitive. He wanted to know how long I had pastored. And I told him, Well, we're working on, working on our 46th year. And he said, How do you do it? And he was expecting, because, you know, we like, to, we like to impress each other with our theological understanding. He was expecting some big, deep, revelation, theological answer. And I said, I lean on Jesus every single day of my life. Remember the song, Learning to Lean? Learning to Lean. Finding more power than I ever dreamed. I'm learning. You have to learn this through experience. Learning to lean on Jesus. If you don't lean on him, you're going to lean on something. If you lean on yourself, you're going to fail. If you lean on other people, they're going to fail you. If you lean on Jesus, you're going to be lifted up. We used to sing that old camp meeting song, Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Well, it only makes it right if you give it and give them and give yourself to him. But when you do, in all things with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, made, made known to God with 
thanksgiving. Start thanking Him before you see, before the, anything changes. Begin to thank Him. The devil hates to hear you praise God when he knows you're discouraged. He knows you're cast down. How can you do that? You hypocrite. No, you're not a hypocrite to praise God when you're discouraged. Amen. That takes faith. And that takes trust. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah anyhow. <laughs> Hallelujah when the sky is dark. Hallelujah when the sky is gray. Blessed be thy name anyhow. You deserve to be praised for what you've done at the cross. Amen. No, not my little minuscule situation here is going to steal my joy and take away the praise and honor that is due you. I'm going to thank you in the midst of this storm. I'm going to praise you in the midst of this storm. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm going to look at the circumstance that looks like nothing's going to change it and I'm going to shout unto God and praise Him anyway. Say, Brother Venable, that don't seem right. No, faith will never seem right to your natural mind. Faith will never seem right to your flesh. It'll only seem right to your spirit. And that's where it really matters. Your mind can be troubled, but there can be peace in your soul. How's that work, Brother Venable? I'm glad you asked. Paul wrote Timothy and said, Timothy, he said, I know you got faith. I know you got faith. And he was discouraged. Some people think if, you, if you're discouraged, you can't have faith. And the devil will jump on that and tell you, why, you can't believe God for anything. As your faith be so be it unto you, then you are sunk. You might have was to throw in the towel and give up. That's a lie right out of the pit of hell. Paul wrote Timothy and he said, oh, if you go to our website, there's a picture of a turtle with its head pulled in. Big old turtle with his head pulled in. And it's quoting, amen, what Paul said to Timothy. God, I know there's faith in you. Well, where was the faith? It wasn't in just in his mind. It wasn't in his emotions. It had to be in his spirit where faith begins to grow. It can affect your mind. It can change your emotions. But it always starts in your spirit. This seed is sown in your spirit man. And your spirit man can have faith even when your mind is troubled. And he was reminding him of that. He said, Timothy, Timothy, there was faith in your mother. And your grandmother, Eunice and Lois, there was faith in them. And he didn't get it by osmosis. He didn't get it by genetics. Because it goes on to say, and from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scripture. <laughs> faith comes and hearing by. And from a child, thou hast known which are made, able to make you wise unto salvation. If you got salvation by grace, your faith saved through what? Through what? Through faith. Can you say, man, the faith so that that grace could come to him and that trust in God came because he raised, was raised in a house where the scripture was brought to him. Get in the word of God when you don't feel like it. Read the Bible when you don't, you don't, you, you, you're lower than a snake in a wagon rut. Amen. Read it anyway. Get in the Psalms. You're going to find yourself in there. You're going to find somebody that's impatient, somebody that says God, somebody that's in trouble, somebody that's in a horrible pit, somebody that's in my 
clay and you're going to find a faithful God that's reaching down to pull them out. You're going to find a man that says, how long, O Lord? And that same man saying, praise God. Amen. There, whom have I but you? Where can I go that you're not there? You have not forsaken me. You will not forsake me. And when my heart is over, when my heart, when my heart, when my heart is overwhelmed within me, Lead me to the rock that's higher than I, for the Lord has been a shelter for me and a refuge from my enemies and a high tower. Hallelujah. So, why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, and he will yet be the health of thy countenance. Boy, on Sunday morning, on Sunday morning, Pastors look out over congregations and they see the hopeless people that feel so helpless in their circumstance. And they wonder, what, what book do you read? What God do you serve? Is it the God of hope that fills you with hope and believing? Is it the God of hope are we just like the world with the God of hope as our God? He's known for giving hope. <laughs> Lamentations. It's the book of the blues. Jeremiah preached, nobody listened. Jeremiah preached, they slapped his face, accused him of treason. Jeremiah preached the word of God, nobody changed. So they throw him in a dungeon. He seeks, seeps down in the mire. They still haven't listened. They're going into captivity because corrective judgments are in the land. And it looks like that nothing is changing. And he said, when I look at this, and I consider the wormwood and the gall, the rottenness and the bitterness of watching God's covenant people be led away captive just because they wouldn't listen to God. My heart is humbled within me. Not the virtuous humility. It means crushed with bitterness and brokenness. Oh, but here you got to do this. i got to do this. Nobody can do this for you. But God can inspire you to do it. And if you don't do it, you're going to bring a message that doesn't match your life. You're going to be telling people what God can do for them. They're going to take a look at your old sourpuss and say, really? Seriously? Can you say amen? I mean, you. <laughs> there's too many sourpuss Christians running around telling other people what God can do for them. The Lord is a shield for me. He's my glory. And He's the lifter of my head. I want to spread joy wherever I go. Seriously? Seriously? We're going to tell people what God can do? Somebody asked me about cigarettes one time. And I said, what would you tell somebody hooked on heroin? Could God deliver them from heroin addiction? Really? 
How about a crackhead? Can God deliver from crack cocaine? Amen. Is a frog skin waterproof? Amen. Is a Dutch bottom water tied? I mean, you know, that just goes without saying. Amen. Is it? Of course it is. Can God do that? He wouldn't be God if He couldn't do that. He wouldn't say, come to me, you that labor and are heavy laden. Can you say, man, you got trouble? Come to me. I can handle it. Praise God. Amen. Oh, church. Oh, my God in heaven. We tell other people what God can do for them. i got to do more than preach this thing. Amen. I got to do more than preach this thing. I go home with that woman. Amen. She used to throw it up to me. She said, what did you just preach on Sunday? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but looking back on it, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Doug sent me a custom made emergency red cross thing for discouragement had a, one of those insignias on it some medical insignia and it's one of my own tapes boy when, <laughs> in case in case of emergency break glass and it was my tape inside one of those little ta- not tape but you know the disc and and I thought, and, and what he was telling me was, because I told him, I said, I'm, I'm going to need this message someday myself. I'm not just preaching for your sake. Lord knows. Amen. Hallelujah. I love to preach the faithfulness of God because I'm receiving that as I'm delivering it today. Hallelujah. And my wife can tell you, I'm not the man I was under that pressure. I'm not the man I was under that anxiety. And we all can get it. And I had it. But that was the then yeah, this is now glory be to God that's what we're teaching right now they that trust the Lord shall be as Mount Zion for as the mountains are round about Jerusalem the Lord is round about his people to deliver them can you say man hallelujah praise God he will give his angels charge over thee the angel of the Lord campeth encampeth round about you're not down here on your own. You're not down here by yourself. You're not in that flame by yourself. You're not in that flood by yourself. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Lo, I am with you always. Hallelujah. Are you chiding me or criticizing me for being down? Oh, Lord in heaven, no. We all get down. We all get disappointed. We all get discouraged, but we just don't stay there. We don't wallow in it. Amen? We don't wallow in it. We can't afford that. We can't afford that defeat. And I have a testimony. We don't just overcome him by the blood of the Lamb or our deep devotion, loving not our life to the death. We overcome by the word of our testimony what is that i'm glad that you ask hold fast your profession of faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised that word profession means confession it's what you say but it's not just what you say 
It's a unique word. And it literally means to say the same thing as another has said. Hallelujah. That means don't say what you feel. Don't say what you see. Don't say what you think. Let God be true. And say it with your own mouth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Let God have the final word and let it be in your mouth. For the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Well, Lord, I I believe it in my heart. Well, inform your tongue. Amen. Let your tongue know what's in your heart. Your tongue wants to talk about how you feel. Give your tongue some facts. Give your tongue some facts. If I don't mean the facts, F A X. Give your yeah facts. Pastor said I'm to fax my tongue. How am I going to fax my tongue? I can't. My, my fax machine tore up. Give your tongue some facts, and read something to the devil. Read it out loud and say it out loud. Praise God. I will say of the Lord, David said. I will what? I will say of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. With the heart, man believes to right, unto righteousness. But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you confess me before men, I'll bear witness. Hallelujah. I will confess you before the Father and His angels. Can you say man? Glory be to God. The tongue is... There's not just death in that thing. Come on, we, we, uh, we always, we're so negative. We never, listen, if, if, there's a, if there is a traffic light, no one calls it a traffic light. It's either a stoplight or a red light. No one ever says, go down to the green light and turn left. No. Have you ever heard anybody say, go down to the green line? No. Did you know it's green as long as it's red? How did it become just a... Yeah, come on. We're going out to that light when church is over. And we're going to time the red light and the green light. And if it's exactly the same, you can put on sackcloth and sit in ashes. I am. <laughs> you got to get a hold of that old flesh. It's as negative as it can possibly be. Can you say, man? No, we don't go down the red. We don't go down the traffic light, and we don't go down the green light and turn left. We go to the red light and turn left. Amen. Our mind, our mind runs that way unless it's renewed in the spirit of it. When faith begins to rise up in your heart, it will change your thinking. It'll get rid of stinking thinking. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. And your, your words will change. Hold fast your profession of faith, confession of faith. Say the same thing as another. Let me hurry and get this out. Oh my, we're almost going to stop on time today. Let me hurry and get this out. 
This is important. I, I can't get it all in one service. We'll have to come back to another and get down deeper into How many want to get down deeper into this? Because no one can get out of this world without a, your heart being broken, without discouragement and disappointment coming. Amen. Listen carefully. This is important stuff. You can have faith in your heart. And be troubled in your mind until you use the faith that's in your heart to change that and find that peace. Paul wrote Timothy, the timid preacher that had been hit the disappointments, the discouragements, and had pulled his head in. Highly anointed, hands laid on him, gifts imparted to him, all laying dormant in him. And that's why he told him, stir up. The gift, you stir it up. The word stir up comes from one Greek word, the phrase stir up from one word. And it is a word that means to fan into flame a fire that threatens to go out because of neglect. You neglect Bible study. Watch it. Amen. That fire is going to begin to become just a glowing ember. You neglect prayer and trusting God in prayer. Amen. You're going to watch that flame become just a glowing ember. No flame anymore. No fire anymore. Listen to me carefully. You neglect fellowship. You neglect getting in a service and hearing the Word of God. You neglect focusing on Jesus and try handling it all by yourself you will falter you will fail you will get disappointed and if you're not careful you'll think god's unfaithful when it's not him at all well what am i going to do in that condition i'm glad that you ask you got faith you just not used it because you're discouraged discouraged people got faith if they're a christian they have to have faith you couldn't have got saved without it And it didn't take a whole bunch to save you, did it? To every man was given what? The measure of faith. And if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, and it's in God and not in yourself or in your faith, that's all it takes to move the mountain that's standing in front of you. Amen? So we're trying to build our faith Till it's big as the mountain to move the mountain. And he said, no, just release the faith you have in me and I'll move the mountain. They call it mountain moving faith, but it's faith in a mountain moving God that moves the mountain. Hallelujah. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, of the trouble we experienced in Asia. How we were pressed beyond measure everyone's emotions have a breaking point. We all, some people can bear pain more than others. Some people can bear heartache and go through it and just bull on through it and some people fall apart. It's just the way we're made. But no one can go through this world without help from God and keep the victory. Nobody. No preacher. No one. What do we do when we find ourselves in that circumstance? Paul put it this way. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant of the brethren of the trouble we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure and despaired of life. It's say he wasn't suicidal. He's just saying life is so overwhelming. 
it is so it is so hurtful. I wish I could just go to heaven. Have you ever heard that before? I'd just rather God take me on out of here because it's so tough. And this is a Christian with revelations. Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, called to be an apostle. And he said, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, but listen to what he said. He said that we might learn not to, we, that means the other apostles, it wasn't just Paul. No, that we might learn not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Hallelujah. God who does the supernatural. God whom even death can't conquer. That's what Abraham didn't, why he didn't stagger at the word of God. Amen. He said he's a God that calls the things not as though they were. And a God who raises the dead. And if he can raise up the dead, he can take care of your problem. Can you say amen? He's not just mighty. He's almighty. He doesn't just have authority. He has all authority over heaven, earth, death, hell, and the grave. Praise God. Amen. And he went on from there, and he hit problems in his life. He continued to have pressures. His life was one big pressure cooker of a life. You want to hear the pressure cooking? Thank you. I'm going to tell you anyway. I know you didn't want to hear it, but here it comes. You want to hear his pressure cooker? Compare it to yours. I was beaten with rods on three occasions. I was given 39 stripes of the Jews of the Jews on five occasions. Why 39? Because after 39, people went into shock and died, and this wasn't supposed to be a death penalty. It was to get your attention. You do not want to disobey us again and go through that again. He said, I've been through that on five different occasions. He looked at a congregation, and he said, you haven't resisted unto blood striving against sin. You haven't been where I am. If I can keep the victory, surely you can But I will say this in behalf of the rest of us, that he would say that too. There have been times in my life I'd rather they strip me to the waist and whip my body and let me go off and let my wife sympathize with me and put some salve on it. Amen. Because it would be easier to heal that than some of the heartbreak to where you go to sleep at night and you can't sleep. You go to pray, and you can't hardly even pray because you're aching. It's an ache. It's like a toothache in your heart deep inside. David's been there. Asaph has been there. Paul has been there. Oh, are you ready for this? Jesus has been there. In the garden, what did he say? My soul is sorrowful. Even unto death. And yet, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Amen. That's why when you come to him broken, he knows how to fix you. Because he's been where you are. 
His sweat became as great drop. Was he disappointed in people? Oh, Lord, Lord. How many people that he healed and helped in that crowd stood up for him when they took him to the cross. They did not want to be identified with him. Peter said, I never knew him. and swore with a oath and said, I never knew him. In Pilate's hall, he said, I'm not alone, though. I'm, it hurts me. Couldn't you watch with me one hour? Couldn't you, Peter, one hour? I, I, aren't you glad that God in flesh, because of flesh, needed Peter to pray with him? Aren't you glad you don't have to do this on your own? We're not just here to have a social gathering today. We're here to sow into one another. We're here to help one another. We're here to pray for one another, to bear one another's burdens, to intercede for one another. Somebody with the victory that's come through it, looking at somebody that's going through it and say, you can get through it, hallelujah, because I was where you are and God brought me through it, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, that's a good hand clap. It's a good something to quit off on today. Something sweet. Father, I thank you. Let me read this and we'll be done. I think. There's faith in your mother. There's faith in your grandmother. Stir up the gift that's in you by the laying of hands. For God did not give us the spirit of fear, but power, love, a sound mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Psalm 3, 1. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Salah. That Salah means to stop, calmly consider this. What is the message that the devil wants to get through to you? There's no hope for you in God. You prayed. It didn't change. You heard him and no, no help is coming. He's a liar. But listen to what he's going to say next. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. This is how I Interpret the shield of faith in the new covenant as part of the armor. It's not faith in my faith. Because if my faith wavers, then I'm done for. But it's faith in his faithfulness. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cried and he didn't whine. Don't don't look at this. He's not bawling. He is he has a sense of urgency and need. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He heard me out of his holy hill and another Salah is coming. I want you to think about this, he says. God is listening. So pray. God hears you. So talk to him. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. I laid me down and oh Lord, what I would give. I was taking L-treptophan. I was doing everything I could to try to get a night's sleep. I'd go to sleep, and because of the anxiety that was in me, I would gnaw my I would gnaw my tongue 
in a deep, almost, when you're deprived of sleep, it's like you're going unconscious instead of going to sleep, and that's a terrible feeling, and it'll wake you right back up. Wake up with a mouthful of blood and pain, excruciating pain, and try not to wake up my family and, and bother them and go in the bathroom and spit the blood. And I have actually tied a handkerchief around my tongue until, until it coagulated where I wasn't just bleeding out onto the pillow. So if you think you've been somewhere, I've been there too. Did God leave me there? No. What did I have to do? What did I need to do? When you come to an end of yourself, our soul was overwhelmed within us that we might learn not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. What does that mean? That means God is unlimited. There's nothing in you, surrounding you, circumstantially, personally, emotionally, spiritually, that God can't address. There's nothing too hard for Him. Not even you. Not even me. Praise God. I laid me down and slept. I awaked. Now, why was, why is that, why is He giving God glory for waking up? Because of where He was when He laid down and slept. Absalom was trying to kill him, and if he had found him in the night, he would have killed him in his sleep. But he said, I woke up. The devil was set to kill me, but I woke up anyway. Why? For the Lord sustained me. He's learned this is the foundation for real faith. The Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people <laughs> that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, <laughs> and thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth to the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Now he's saying it's not just me because I'm a favorite or I'm a king or I'm anointed. This is a covenant with all of his people. His blessing is upon all his people and part of that blessing is the fact that He is our defense. He is our defender. He is our shield, our glory, and the lifter of our head. Can you say, man? It's not just for that preacher. It's not just for that Old Testament character or king. Amen. God doesn't have any favorites. He's got a family. He's got a family. He's got a family and we're all part of it. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet today? He don't have no stepchildren. He don't have no stepchildren. All he has is sons and daughters. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Yeah, something sweet to quit off on today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I know what you're looking for. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't God good today? Did you get anything? Was it worth your time? Was it worth getting into a message that I believe God has ordained for everyone in this room here today? Hallelujah. He's the healer of the brokenhearted. Praise the Lord. He has oil and wine. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Somebody go sing what I just preached today. Praise God. I'm going to ask you this. 
since you've been a Christian or maybe as you are a Christian right now? Are you going through some things that you need to trust God like David did in that situation he was in? Has your heart been broken? Has your heart been broken? Sometimes is it hard to believe that anything will ever change without or within? You see, David had to say of the Lord, he's my shield. He's my defense. When he started talking that way, things began to change, didn't they? Amen. When he started declaring that great truth about his God and the faithfulness of God to help him, he began to get the help. He could kill the giant without. He had to slay the one within. He ran toward the giant without, but he ran from. Hiding in the wilderness like a dog with his tail tucked between his legs. But God took care of those enemies. And God took care of Absalom. Can you say, man, and David came back to the holy city. And David sat back down on that throne, but he didn't sit there as a proud, self-sufficient, self-serving king, but a man who knew without him, I could do nothing but fail again and again and again. But thank God I'm not without him. Can you say amen? And he died with a testimony, didn't he? These be the last words of David, King David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, called formerly a man after God's own heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. How many feel like that, that you're going to get through what you're going through? Show me your hand. You actually feel in your heart and spirit, I'm going to get through. Are you glad you didn't just go to church and hear a message on how to make more money? Can you say amen? Because you can't buy this peace with all the money in the world. You can't touch this joy with a Bentley or a Cadillac Escalade. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's available to you and me because we family. We're part of the family of God. Hallelujah. His blessing is where? Upon his people. That's us. Look at somebody say, that's us. Glory to God. Amen. Blessed when you sit down. Deuteronomy 28 says, and blessed when you rise up. Blessed when you go in. And blessed when you come out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. God, amen, blessed in the city and blessed in the field. God said, I don't care where you are. I'll find you and I'll bless you. Praise God. Amen. These blessings will come on you and they will overtake you. They'll outrun you. They'll jump on you. Can you say amen? How many ready for his blessing of peace and joy and love and victory? Hallelujah to come on you today. All right, let's sing this song and go home. God is good today.